What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Banter Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We're joined with none other than Mark Cuban. What's up, guys? Mark Cuban, hello, hello. I actually wrote down a little thing about you. And this, this is actually from me. This is from my I from the, my brain, okay? Okay. <clears throat> it's a little about me, and tell me, tell me when I'm wrong, okay? All Mark right. Cuban... Born July 31st, 1958, is an American billionaire entrepreneur, television personality, and media proprietor whose net worth is an estimated... F- I'm reading off your Wikipedia. I'm sorry. It wasn't actually... <laughs> well, first of all, it's wrong. It's 1988. It's not 50. Oh, wow. Wait, really? Wait, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Why would you be 58? Yeah, that makes no sense. No, I'm playing with you. Yeah, Wikipedia is <laughs> always wrong. <laughs> they they got you wrong by it. 30 years. Look, listen, everybody, we want you to change the Wikipedia page to yeah. say that he was born in 1998. Please, I'll have a whole lot more fun that way. <laughs> Putting him at a, at a 24 years of age. You look like you could be 24. Yeah, why I not? Yeah, but before we start make sure that you rate this podcast five stars it's very important it helps us a lot and it's free also follow us and turn on notifications so you can be among the first that listen to us now back to the podcast um i think we have a very different audience than i think most of people that you've interviewed with before so if we repeat questions that you've already gotten uh, you know it, it just kind of comes with it it's just a completely you keep me hang but, up and you know i'm pissed but otherwise it's all good <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me uh, i mostly wanted to know and i think it'd be cool for people to know like what i feel like a lot of the normal broad audience knows of you from shark tank obviously right uh and i was curious how you got into that um i made a lot of money and they basically <laughs> said this guy is crazy um we're doing the show shark tank do you want to be on it and so I went on there as a guest thinking this is a, a business show. It's not going to last, right? And yeah. my, I was going to have three episodes as a guest. And I went on there and just bought everything and just pissed off everybody. <laughs> thinking, you know, no one's going to see this. And then, boom, it just blew up after that. And now we're in our 14th season. That is crazy. Wait, so when did you become – like, when did you come on as a guest compared to when the show started? 2011. Okay. Oh, wow. It's been going a long time. I was a guest in 2010. The show started in 2009. Okay, so you were like pretty much right there, though. That's crazy. Yeah, it sucked the year before me. I got there as a guest. It got better. They made me full time. <laughs> why did awesome. it suck? Who Who were the other sharks at that point, and why did they suck? Um, no, it was actually the same sharks um, for the most part. Um, Lori wasn't there yet, and and then they started rotating people in and out. It just you know they were just really low key. Right. Where I was just like, look, if you like the deal, let's do the deal. If I like you, we can talk. If I don't like you, I'm going to mess with you. Um, and, they, you know, it went from being like this laid back guys in suits, you know, business program to having some more energy and having some more attitude. I've watched quite a few compilations of Mark Cuban owns the other sharks compilation gone <laughs> wrong. Um, <laughs> it seems like when people have to accept deals from the other sharks, it's almost begrudgingly. And they get like almost excited in like a college frat guy way whenever you ask them to do a deal. Yeah, Have you noticed that? Yeah, of course. You expect anything differently? Yeah, I mean, of course that's what happens. Yeah, no, I mean, for real, like people like look at me and stare at me and stare at me and stare at me waiting for me to say something. And then I go out and they're, they're all dejected and everything. And so, yeah, look, there's there's some deals that are better for Lori, some deals better for Damon or who or. You know, pretty much everybody but Mr. Wonderful, there's a deal for them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I pretty much, if there's a deal I want, I, 99% of the time I can get it. Do you think you could tell when um, 
when somebody wants to like, get a deal from you before? Yeah, for the most part, because they just stare at you the whole time, you know? <laughs> you know, or somebody else makes an offer, like Mr. Wonderful makes one of his dumbass royalty offers, and then they'll, they'll say, wait a minute, and then they'll look at me, and, you know, and a lot of it gets cut out, because, um, like, in real time, those deals can go on 30, 45 minutes an hour, and then they have to cut them down to 10 to 15 minutes, and wow. so there's a lot of stuff, and then, you know, I, I like to... I, because I know it's edited, there's stuff I'll say that I know they'll cut out, but the entrepreneurs don't know that it's going to get cut out. So I'll curse at them. I'll fuck with them. I'll do whatever. <laughs> you know, myself up. They're long ass days. We get there. We start shooting at 830 in the morning, maybe sometimes nine and go till seven. And it's just nonstop. Just wow. deal after deal after deal. So you got to entertain yourself sometime. Speaking of cutting out stuff, are there any moments that, were cut out that you're allowed to tell us about, you know, that were cut out for a reason that they can't be on TV or for something like that, that you're allowed to talk about. Me cursing, somebody farting, um, <laughs> whatever. There's just Where are there anything more juicy I, than swearing or farting. Oh yeah. I mean, just, there, so, <laughs> there are times when the entrepreneur is just pitching their deal and it'll be like a double entendre, right? They're saying one thing, but we're all hearing another thing. And mm. so we start cracking up. And, and you know, um, so that's the, there's other times when um, the last deal of the day, yeah. we have shark water. So whatever the last pitch of the day is, you know, 6, 6.15, go till 7. Shark water is basically vodka and water. And so, <laughs> you know, there'll be times when we're just pounding. And I feel awful for, you know, if you're pitching us the last deal of the day, you're fucked. Right. Because <laughs> we're, we're more focused on, you know, what we're drinking than on what people are saying. That's awesome. Because I feel like have you ever you had to have gotten people that needed to get escorted out. Right. Because you look at this and like this, this business is like kind of their life. Right. And then for you guys, it's like, oh, it's like a long it's day. It's a game. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Not really. Right. Because, you know, they know that worst case, even if they don't get a deal, it's going to be on TV. Yeah. Um, about 25% don't make it on TV, but, you know, they don't know whether they're going to or not. And so you got to keep on playing, you know, sticking with it and sticking to the script. Otherwise, there's no chance that they're on. The only time that we knew somebody would not be on, well, there's two times. One, when they're just dirt-ass boring. And then yeah. there was one time when this group of, like, six guys came on and one of them just fainted. Just like, bam! Oh, God. Just because he was nervous and dehydrated and this and that and just hit the floor. And so that was awful. But, um, yeah, other than that, they pretty did much... Did they get a deal? No. No. <laughs> oh, no. You fainted and you, you wake up and they're like, everybody said no deal. <laughs> <laughs> they wake up and they've already been carried off because they, they don't want you wasting that time. The guy's trying to, you know, it's just like he got knocked down in a heavyweight fight. And he's stumbling and trying to get up. And we have doctors and everything on the set. And so you know, just in case something like that happens and, and even a, a psychiatrist in case something like that happens. So they had to put him through a whole protocol to make sure he was okay. Wow. That is bonkers. You never Has anyone that? just shown up on the set and just thrown up or anything like that? Cause they're so nervous. <laughs> no, 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 not that bad because you know what they make him do before you walk onto the carpet to do your pitch, the producers will make you practice in front of them a hundred times. Mm. You know, now there'll be times when there's like, they have their script and their pitch and they forget it. But the, um, you know, the, the producer that 
found them and put them on the show typically knows the script. So you'll hear them from back in the wings, right? Yeah, you know, whatever their line is supposed to be. And so we'll let them start all over because everybody's nervous. I don't care what they say. You've got to be nervous when you walk out there and you know you're on national television. You know you're trying to get a deal. And you know the five of us are just going to be messing with you um, and peppering you with questions. You don't know what to expect. So being nervous is okay. And, you know, people screw up their pitch and they'll get a chance to start all over. What would you say your best or worst even investments are from the show? I mean, I've had a lot of really good ones. I had one, um, um, oh, what the hell is it? Cycloramic, which was a computer vision company that got sold to Carvana. Um, I had another one now, a bunch of them right now that are crushing it. Um, I have one called Mush, which is this um, cold oatmeal product that's just healthy, tastes great. They're, you know, they're up to $50 million in sales. Dude wipes. If you guys haven't tried dude wipes, you've got to I have a dude wipe in my bathroom right now. Yeah, that's what's up right there. <laughs> Everybody needs dude wipes, and they're, they're crushing <laughs> too. They're $40, 50000000 million in sales. Um, I got a vegan um, meat, vegan corned beef deal called Unreal Deli. They're just exploding. So there's a lot of really good deals that have turned out well. Um, and then there's, you know, out of the, I don't even know how many deals I've done, 200 plus, there's some that just were awful, you know? <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. But I mean, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but like, I'll give you one example without naming them. Um, sure. It was really one of my first deals I did. Um, and so this product was going to be really sellable, right? People were going to see it on air and they were going to buy a ton of it. And so it was um, a product that had to be shipped cold shipped because otherwise it would melt. And so we had it set up so that it'd be $29 for the product. Her cost was 14 plus she would charge for shipping. Well, I get the a report from her and I ask her what her cash position is and her cash had gone down. And I'm like, how did your cash go down? You just sold a boatload of this stuff. And she was like, well, I decided to include free shipping. I'm like, you sell for <laughs> nine, your cost is 14, that leaves you 15, your shipping's $15. Right. Oh <laughs> no! Just stuff like that. That's crazy. Wait, and so, was there an investment that you made that was like, it was like a, you didn't expect it to do as well as it did? Like one that was like a, a gamble for you? There's been, I mean, none that have just been like through the roof. Oh my God, tens of millions of dollars. But there's been a ton of them that are just really, really good. Because you know the reality is, not every business is going to blow up to be a hundred million dollar business. But if it's your company and I buy 10, 15, 20% and you're selling $10 million worth and you're making a million dollars a year, that's pretty damn good, you know, and no one's going to complain about that. And I've got a lot of those. I mean, a lot of them. So you said you have like around 200, around 200 investments. What kind of time commitment would you say you have to give to each one of these? Is it kind of not much or are you more invested in others time-wise? First, I have a team, right? I've got like 10 people that help me with a lot of this stuff and answer questions. You need help with SEO, they'll help you with SEO. You need help um, with your, you know, best place to place your ads, we'll help you there. You need help um, manufacturing, placement, whatever. So we've got people to help with everything. But what I want, what I ask them to do is send me if when we're just getting started, a weekly report, bad news first, because I want to know what's messed up so I can help you because I expect good stuff. I don't need you to brag because I expect that to happen. But what, but if you got an issue, I got to help you. And so, you know, across all of them and out of the 200, probably 80 are active. So it's, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not crazy. 
Mark, I have a question for you. I haven't really said anything yet. Yeah, no shit. Is I was it, like, sleep? I'm just very, very nervous. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you why he hasn't said Ask anything. Your name, and so I'll say, okay, maybe he takes a nap the whole show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why he hasn't said anything. It's because he's from Houston, and you're you're the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, are there are there any investments that that you just think about? that you regret like not getting in? Like, is there anything that you think about? You're like, oh, I really wish I could have gotten in that. I mean, on Shark Tank, just one. Spike ball. Spike, Spike ball. ball? I didn't Spike even realize ball, it was on Mark Shark Tank. Ball. What's that? I didn't even know that was on Shark Tank. Yeah, they came on, but his pitch was they wanted to create Spike Ball leagues all around the country, which was cool, but he wanted me to be the commissioner. And I'm like, I don't want to be the commissioner of the Spike Ball. <laughs> the Spike Ball was this big at the time, but obviously it's blown up. And now my kids play it. Luca in Slovenia plays it. And I'm just like, every time he posts something on with him and um, the national team or even our guys playing spike ball, I just blow his DMs up. I'm like, you're killing me. You're just doing this to mess with me. <laughs> I just looked up the net worth of spike ball and it's currently $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> it's like insult to injury when you look out to the yard oh, and see your kids yeah. playing spike ball. <laughs> Awful, awful. Yeah, that's You're like, no, come on, kids, try some dude wipes. Yeah, let's go. That's awesome. How about this, Mark? We've done our research. We've put in the homework, okay? More we Wikipedia. thought it would be funny if we gave ourselves 15 <laughs> minutes to come up with a business pitch. We each pitch it to you, and then you have to walk out with one of us. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> This is re a real investment. It they're, requires they're, they're actual not real financial. To, I feel like I should have wait, clarified. Wait, 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 I'm getting a text. Oh shit, guys! I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> not for real money. I just want to see which one you think has the brightest future. Okay, I like the not real money part. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, you know what? I want to hear Sabnap. Sabnap, go first. Guys, before we continue, I have one question for you. Do you hate the government spying on you? Because I do. And that's why today's episode is sponsored by NordVPN. NordVPN allows you to anonymously surf the web without letting any company or website track you. You know what else is great about NordVPN? You can use it on multiple devices. One account lets you set up six devices, secure them all in any combination. Guys, if you want to get NordVPN, go to nordvpn.com slash banterpodcast. That's our link. That's right. NordVPN.com slash banterpodcast. They have their 30-day money-back guarantee, so even if you don't like it, which you won't, you can get your money back. We've got you. Guys, I use a VPN all the time just sort of make sure no companies can track me and see what I'm up to, and especially to keep what I'm doing away from the government. I'll tell you my personal information. It allows you to watch Netflix shows that aren't available in your country. You can watch crazy shows that you've never seen before. Thank you so much, NordVPN, for sponsoring this video. It's time to get back to the beautiful Mark Cuban. All right, this is my pitch for you. I call it... I actually don't have a name for it. This is my idea, okay? <laughs> that I came up stuff. with last night just for you. Appreciate so recently... I, since I've, I'm actually living with Carl right now, like we're living in the same area, been hanging out a lot, we've been going to the gym. So if you really want to be like really going to the gym, you have to stay on top of your calories, right? There's apps like MyFitnessPal, the whole shebang. I use MyFitnessPal every day. If you want to follow me, I'm Mark Cuban on there. <laughs> really? Exactly. Now, you can what follow if I... people on MyFitnessPal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You can really keep yeah, your friends I've in check. more followers than anybody on MyFitnessPal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, what if I told you 
there was a way to have an easier and better experience on MyFitnessPal. What if I told you we had an app that instead of typing in and searching the, the food, you take a picture of the food, and the app just knows what food it is, how large it is, and it calculates the calories for you. I call this the food calculator picture app. <laughs> First of all, MyFitnessPal does that, tries to do it. Second mm. of all, I know all the technology that is required to do that shit. It ain't going to work. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Off to a bad start. You, 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 yeah, you shouldn't idea. have pitched this. Good idea, right? Great idea. I would love to have that app. Everybody would love that, you know, tracks their workouts and everything and their food. Would love to have that idea. And there are people who find it right now, but it just don't work. It's like you just pitched that deal to quite possibly the biggest MyFitnessPal fan I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I never heard somebody asking for followers on my <laughs> You guys use the app ever? Uh, I I have – my brother uses it for me. Like he keeps track of my track. stuff. So you know how like it tracks how many days in a row that you – I'm like at 3,000. I mean it's just like – no, it's I don't know it's that, but it's like in the thousands, <laughs> like six years. Big time user. Also, I just wow. like to say we need to keep we need to keep quite, kind of an open mind with this. I know you might think it's not possible, but my idea, um, you're gonna have to have an open mind and believe it may be possible. Okay. It's that bad, huh? Well, you, 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 you can't just throw it out and say you know this isn't happening. There's no way. Just imagine, imagine we're a hundred years in the future. Okay. I don't know if that makes you want to revisit Sunup's then answer. pitch it. What do you mean? Pitch so it. So we should pretend my idea works, though. Whenever you decide which one's the best, okay, we sure. We'll pretend, pretend all of them work for the pretend sake of it. Works. Okay, so go, go ahead, George. So, I mean, this is an age-old idea. It's been in the back of people's minds for a long time, probably for 20, 30 years at this point. And I would just like to, to, to let you know, me and my team, we've been working hard on this, and we have made great strides in this space. Um, and I'm sure you're going to be very excited to hear that we have successfully created Smell-O-Vision. Let's go. Smell-O-Vision. Here we are. We're bringing smell to the big screen. Um, <laughs> I have a little script here that I wrote. It says, ever wanted to know how the kitchen smells during your favorite cooking show? Or simply want to experience the tangy stench of Shrek Swamp? All is possible <laughs> with Smell-O-Vision, TM. With our patented smell-o-vision technology, we funnel smell particles down fiber cables and vaporize them on contact with air once it leaves the user's device, effortlessly spreading bold and powerful smells across rooms up to 500 square feet. Where did you copy and paste that from? No way my you brain. wrote that. From my Why brain. specifically 500 square feet? Back in the day, there was somebody who tried it, but not to like vaporize it and put it over fiber into your house. Like literally in theaters, they would set it up so that you would they would pipe in smells. So I never but well, anyway, like, let's hypothetically say this works. What do you think? If it works, it's a great idea. That's all I mean. That's all it takes. Would you would you let would you let uh if Shark Tank next season introduced smell vision recording, <laughs> would you allow that? You wouldn't yeah. be able to cut out the farts. Yeah, for for sure I would allow it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> So further, further to my pitch, I would like to just request a small donation to the fund of I don't know, three hundred thousand dollars for. for what we'll, give you, we'll give you ten percent, ten percent. I like the donation to my fund. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'll tell you just to increase the likelihood of this. We have a deal, right? When you're ready to release this a hundred years in the future, I'm in. 
Oh wow, that's big. I, mean, that's I know you're in, but just to even further this, it's not even a one-time purchase. You don't have to buy refills. It's repeat business. That's <laughs> how that works. Stronger smell is a little bit more garlic, a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. Exactly. Why not? Wow. Exactly. Perfect. You 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 slam dunked on Sapnap. Like no, I don't. I don't think he did. No, he's out. I'm in. At the moment, I'm winning right now. I told I told Sap I love the idea. It just don't work. But see, he didn't say a hundred years in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know we were allowed to cheat. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sap said a hundred years in the future. I go with Sap Steel first. Wow. Uh, okay. So I'm I in the lead because so right Sapnap's now, we're, in the lead. We're, we're assuming they all work. Okay, right. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you but this. smell vision is going to be imperative. Everyone's going to need it. Not <laughs> no, everyone needs no the health gonna, No one's going to want smell vision Here's the thing, George, right? smell vision when smell vision everybody has it, right? That means you're going to have all these food smells and other smells coming in. And what's going to happen? You're going to get hungry. And when you get hungry, you're going to be afraid you ate too much. And what's the one way to know that you don't, you didn't eat too much? Like oh they go, they go, hand, they go hand in hand. Okay. No, we're Look, not. Look, you buy both you. of them. You buy both of them and you merge them and you sell them as a combined package. Are you guys combining your businesses <laughs> right now? Sap could put out a new version. My Fitness Pal, the Smell-O-Vision version, right? <laughs> we don't need you. Let's like, let's like call no, you need me. We'll join forces. Okay, let me, we'll join let me forces. do mine. Let me do mine. I made two. I'm just going to short pitch one of them because it was bad, but I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> I call it Shark Talkies. They're walkie-talkies. You give one... It's basically where you can talk fluently with sharks, so if one ever tried to attack you, you could tell them no. That wasn't the real one. <laughs> Good. <No? laughs> Hear me out. <clears throat> the World Cup is upon us. Everybody's in the mood for sports. And Mark Cuban, when I think of you, I associate you with soccer. <laughs> That's the sport I associate You're the other one <laughs> Hear me out Have you ever been lonely and alone all the time like me But you love sports How about a ball that comes back to you miraculously Introducing the soccer ball boomerang Okay Develop and produce a soccer ball that always ends up coming back to you Never having to chase a ball again I'm looking for <laughs> not, nothing. <laughs> I just, I just want to say, I've seen a product like that. You just put it on a string. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or a little rubber band type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hear me out. You're going to love this part. I'm looking for $700,000 <laughs> for 5% equity. To, and, but here's why. Because I'm looking to expand past soccer into baseballs hockey pucks and even basketballs you never played sports did you <laughs> <laughs> i played soccer i'm a, I'm a soccer guy okay Maybe well, not bad. i'm just trying to mess with you right because george is right because you they've got those little return things right you kick it into the net and it, it brings it back and then like um basketball there's even some basketballs in the um, in the past, the that hoop things that, that curl. It shoots it back to you yeah, yeah yeah and you have the big net around the other net but i'm talking I'm talking if you hit a baseball and it launches out of the park, it's coming back to you. It's kind of okay. dangerous. Yeah. Oh, shit. Here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's the thing the that you need to know. Or... Here's the thing you need to know. You're going to get a lawsuit. That's gonna It's going to mess up, fly in the wrong direction, go through someone's window. 
This is where this is where I get you, okay, Mark? Okay. These other two, these are concepts. I put the soccer ball boomerang for sale 11 minutes ago. Okay. And in 11 minutes, with no promotion, it has sold 100,000 units. <laughs> what? Good. Do, do we have a deal? Uh, so we're lying now. <laughs> Carl, you sold 100,000 units. You don't need me. Congratulations. Dang it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you don't want to get in on the action? I'm yeah. looking to make you my commissioner. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't make me another spike ball, Mark. Well, hopefully you have a spike ball, right? <laughs> it is kind of similar to the spike ball, to be fair. You just call it, what do you, what's the name for it? Do you have a name? It's called the soccer ball boomerang. The soccer ball boomerang. <laughs> no. And then you're going to have soccer no. ball boomerang basketball edition? Yeah, soccer I'll call you. <laughs> Okay, so in your opinion, who had the best pitch of us three? Sam Nap. That's Let's such go. a bad. That's such a bad Sorry, look on guys. us. guys, I'm I'm just an entrepreneur. What can I say? I think it's because me and Carl had this conversation separately from Sapnap, and we we took it the funny route. And I and when we sent the message to Sapnap, just do it. I think it was more serious. Well, so we took it the funny, funny route. Funny doesn't and Sapnap win. took it the just downloading my fitness pal and then and adding camera to it. Well, this, this, was, this was an actual idea I thought of since I've been working out. I was like, dude, I hate having to search it. Whatever. If I could take a picture, it's easier. But I have a question mark. I'm a huge basketball fan, and I wanted to know, what is it like to buy an NBA team? How does that work, and, and how did you get into that? So I was a season ticket holder of the Mavs, and I just sold a company for a lot of money. Um, and the Mavs sucked. And so everybody would come up to me and say, why don't you buy the Mavs? Because they would see me at all the games. I mean, I still play pickup. I'm a basketball junkie. I go out back and get shots up. I mean, I just – I'm a ball is life type guy. And – um I got a hold of the former owner and he was like, well, make me an offer. And I was like, okay, here you go. $285 million, which was the most ever paid for a basketball team. And he was like, yes. And to me, it was almost like funny money because I just made so much money and <laughs> I like, let's go. And so I bought the team and you know, the best part are, you see that gold thing back there? Yeah. 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 Shiny. Larry O'Brien is cool. But the other cool parts are like, Guy hits um, a game-winning shot. You see all the players run and, and you know, dogpile him. I get to do that, too. And so <laughs> oh, yeah. I and jump on everybody, and you know, which is always fun. And then before games, I get to go out on the court and get shots up, which is also really cool. That's so amazing. What's, what's the, so you got the team for $280 million. What's the team worth now? It's, it's in the billions, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, probably three or four billion. Wow. Nice investment. <laughs> did you see it as an investment or it was kind of a personal thing? Yeah, it was a personal thing. I did it for the fun of it. Do you yeah. think Do you think that translates because of the fact that it was a personal thing that you're super passionate about? Do you think that's why it ended up becoming so successful? Yeah, I, I think I looked at it completely different. Because like when I first came in, all the other NBA owners hated me. Hated me, tried to keep me out. I was getting fined. I was getting in trouble. They were yelling at me in these meetings, all this shit. And I like, I don't care. Right. I'm doing it my way. And if you don't like it, you know, that's your problem, not mine. And then, you know, new owners started coming in and they started acting like me. So it was no big deal. <laughs> that's all. And you bought it in, it, I think, 2000, right? Right. 2000. How did you come up with the 285 million? Did that, did you have to think a long time or you was like 285? That worked. Yeah, basically. It was just, <laughs> really? it was just you just randomly just like 285. A little bit higher than the last deal. And so I figured he's not going to say no. They're such a bad team. 
He's not going <laughs> to say no to a number that's bigger than the biggest deal. So you made the biggest deal to a team that was historically doing terribly? No, it was the biggest NBA deal ever, period, end of story. Mm. Wow. I don't, I'm not, uh, if you can't tell, I'm English. We don't have much basketball over here. Um, what, what I know about football teams or soccer um, is when someone rich buys a team, they just buy a bunch of players and make it good. Is that how it works in basketball? Or how do we make the team good? And, is and, it good? I don't know. You, <laughs> they're good, they're good right now. You that transfer fees, right? And you could, you could buy a guy, there's, and there's no real rules. Whoever, you know, if you can convince them, you can do it. Um, but in, in, in the NBA, there's all kinds of rules, the collective bargaining agreement. So there's all kinds of limits on how you can do deals. But I'm a big rugby guy, and actually um, I'm going to um, my old boys, rugby old boys game this afternoon. So when I'm done here, I'm heading to Bloomington, Indiana to, to get pummeled at a, a rugby old boys game. <laughs> Obviously, it's cool if you don't want to say but what was the business that did so well that allotted you to just be able to buy the Mavericks? <laughs> you know what streaming is? Yeah. We started streaming. It was a wow. company, AudioNet. We were the very first streaming company. As in music streaming? As in, well, back then, we would stream radio stations. We would stream, you know, we called our CD jukebox where we would um, get artists to give us CDs and we would stream them. Um, we streamed sporting events, um, everything and anything. We didn't care. If, if we could turn it into audio, we were going to stream it. And so we were the very first to do it. Um, and make a business out of it. There had been academics and stuff like that who had done some things. And then that was even before live streaming was around. And then we just grew it and grew it and grew it. And we were YouTube six years before, I mean, 10 years before YouTube even was invented. And then we sold it to Yahoo. And then the internet bubble kind of just burst and Yahoo kind of fucked it up. But all the, <laughs> all the streaming that Yahoo did, that was all the stuff that they got from us. So there's an alternate dimension where Yahoo owns the Mavericks instead. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I got my money, right? That's all that mattered. And so I was just... <laughs> there's an alternate That's universe awesome. where Yahoo is Google. Yeah, you know. It Yahoo, seems like they messed up. Big time. Yeah, Yahoo was Google before Google. And Yahoo right. had a chance to buy Google and said no. And Yahoo owned all these patents and they basically just gave them to Google and just let Google just dominate everything. Um, and they were good but... I think it was Yahoo. It might be in another company, but I remember seeing a video of all the all the deals that Yahoo messed up on. It's like someone offered to buy them, I think, for a massive amount, and then ten years later they so they deny it, and then ten years later they accept it for the smallest amount. Exactly. Microsoft offered to buy them out for I don't know how many billions, thirty, forty billion dollars, and they ended up getting sold for like three hundred million a few years ago. Right. So, oh man. You know they they were good guys, but. They, they were too nice. And it's not that, you know, to be good at business, you have to be a dick or anything. You can be nice, but they they always had to do everything as a group, right? Everybody had to decide, and that's hard in business. These, these two guys are asking all about the investments, but I'm a huge, huge NBA fan, so I wanted to know, how, like, hands-on are you on, like, the team? Like, I know you have, like, a GM, and then that guy, you know, he's supposed to do the trades and, and draft the players, but how hands are you in those type of decisions? Very hands-on because of all the money that's involved. You can't mm -hmm. just say, all right, give this guy $35 million a year. Just tell me when it's done, right? Yeah. And, then, you know, you've got you've, you've to look at all the economics and you've got to manage it. Excuse me. You've got to manage it for the short term and the long term. Like Luca's a no-brainer. You give him whatever he wants. Yeah, you you, whatever he asks for, you sign the check. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, you know, 
how do you build a team around Luca and what are all the pieces and you know who you can you get and there's all these rules you have to follow and so you know the owner has to be involved just to deal with the economics of it all that makes sense uh what was uh has there been times where you've like disagreed with like higher ups at, at the NBA team? Oh, and yeah. like... Sure. Many, 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 many times. Sometimes <laughs> I've been right. Sometimes I've been wrong. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Who was the, what was the most like surreal moment since you've owned the NBA team? Cause I'm assuming like you said, you were a season ticket owner. You were probably, have you been like a lifelong Mavs fan? Yeah. Well, since I came to Dallas. Yeah. Um, cool. And so, yeah, the, the most surreal moment was in 2011 when there was like 30 seconds left in our um, closeout game against the Heat, and I realized we were going to win the championship. And yeah. you know, people don't realize, like, when you're just a fan, watching a game is just fun. And if you lose, it's like, okay, we lost. There'll be another game. But when you're the owner, it's so stressful, so stressful mm-hmm. because all, you know, you said, like, how involved are you? Every decision you made that happened – you know, during the season, during the off season, that that's all a culmination during the season and you can't do anything about it. Um, and so when we got to that point where, oh my goodness, we're going to win the world championship and I'm going to get that trophy. I just started screaming, right? There's yeah. a picture of howling and them holding me back because the stress <laughs> is like insane. It's just so much stress. You know, it's like this past year we were down 2-0 against Phoenix and, you know, we're in Phoenix and they're, I, I hear th- this chant going on, but I couldn't make it out from where I was sitting. So I go to one of our guys, what are they chanting? And they're like, sons in four, sons in four, sons in four. We go back, win two games in Dallas, come back, lose, win. Then we have to go over game seven in Phoenix and we just blow them out. And so it's just all those moments during the playoffs and the championship run, or in this case, making it to the conference finals, just so stressful. So the great moments are when you get to release all that stress. Yeah, I, I remember watching watching that, that series with Dallas and the Heat when I was like, I forget, like 10 or something. And I remember just being so happy. I was just, because like, even though I'm from Houston, you know, there's that Houston-Dallas rivalry. I just did not want the Heat to win. You know, they had LeBron, Chris Bosh, like Dwayne Wade. I was like, please, just win. And then Dirk, you know, Dirk just pulled it off. I mean, you guys won that. And that, that was amazing. Yeah, Dirk carried I, us. And we had J-Kid, Jet. I mean, we had a lot of great players, but Dirk carried us. And, yeah, I remember after we won, I would go places, and people would just stand up and clap. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I'd be in New York. I'd be, you know, getting off a plane. People were like – Dude, that sounds like that sounds like if you wrote that into a script, somebody would take it out because they'd say that sounds too unrealistic. Yeah, it's true. Like I would be like, "Oh shit," you know. I guess I'm not paying for dinner tonight. <laughs> you know, yeah. The Mavericks so cool. did the NBA world just a, a service by being the Heat that year. I was so I was so happy. All right, Mark, I have a question for you. So, from what we all look like and sound like and and, and how we act, if you had to sub one of us into a Dallas Mavericks game. And let's say it's the finals. Like, you, you need to win this game. Who would you choose? And don't take a look at Carl doing push-ups because – actually, go ahead and look at them because they're just terrible, and it's going to affect your decision. How many push-ups could you do, Carl? I can just keep going for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm betting you can't. 100 bucks says you can't keep on going for the rest of the podcast. You just earned $100. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would put you in SAP simply because George is from the UK. He already just said, you know, different sports, <laughs> right? 
Carl said he only plays soccer. You said you're an NBA fan, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I love basketball. Good choice. Do you not want to hear how how tall we are? Anything like that? No. Keep in mind, Sabinap's the shortest out of us it, three. It, 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 to be clear, it wouldn't matter. I could take both of these these guys on in one basketball game and destroy them by myself. I, so. bet, you I bet you could. <laughs> and I want you to know, Mark, that that was probably the best decision you've made. <laughs> you know, clock is you know right twice. Because <laughs> I I have probably held a basketball in my life about fifteen times. Probably held 15 basketballs in my life, I think. <laughs> and, and, and half of them were because of me forcing him to play basketball with me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> no, that's probably true. That's funny. This is a bit, a bit of a pivot, okay? I saw a bunch of articles huh? quoting you in saying that a terrible business decision would be to buy metaverse land. And yeah. you said, and I quote, metaverse land buyers are dumb. For people that don't know, the metaverse land is kind of like, what, what would you what would you explain it as, Mark? I guess. Have you ever been to Decentraland or know what Decentraland is? It's just like buying all these little metaverses um, on Web three, right? The whole um, part of crypto stuff is they try to create these universes, or they call them metaverse, where a lot of people can come in, um, have avatars to represent themselves, and be anybody or anything they want to be. And then you can interact with people and you can attend events. You can, you can buy digital clothing for your avatar. You can do things that, you know, people can do and a lot of stuff because it's digital that people can't do. And a lot of people feel more comfortable in that environment because you don't have to be yourself. You can be anything you wish you were. And that's all well and good, right? I got no problem with that. And, you know, the problem is a lot of these metaverses to make money are selling, they create a map of their metaverse and they make it like a real world map with real estate. And so they're selling real estate in those. So there's an Empire State Building. You know, there's an American Airlines Center where the Mavs play. Um, there's a Toyota Center where the Rockets play. And they sell those plots of land, you know, for people to sell advertising on with the idea that, okay, if you buy a little piece of land next to the American Airlines Center, or you even buy the land of the American Airlines Center, because of that, more and more people, more and more of the avatars are going to show up there and advertisers will want to be seen and you can sell them advertising. What they don't tell you is anybody can create a metaverse and do the exact same thing. And there's no standards to connect them all together. Like, and then they try to compare it to the internet where everybody you know, created a website. But every, you know, when the internet started happening back you know, in the early days when I told you we started streaming, you know, there were standards, right? There was, you know, when you had, um, if you had a website name, a URL, there was only one of those, right? Maybe there was a .net, a .org, but there was only one markcuban.com. And with this, you can be, you can, there can be an unlimited number of metaverses where you have the same real estate replicated place after place after place. And it's just too easy and too cheap to recreate those things. So I, I pissed off a lot of people who spent a lot of money um, when I said that those are just dumbass investments. Okay. What what was what was the biggest? Because that was a, I feel like that was a lot of backlash, or maybe there was a lot of people agreeing with you, a lot of people disagreeing, but it yeah, definitely started. Yeah, I don't care. What was what was the biggest like form of backlash that you think you've received that you feel like like in, throughout your career? Just out of curiosity. Oh, I mean, there's just so much. I mean, I don't mind pissing people off, and and so there's just so many times. You know, if you're going to take a stand, if you're going to try to do things different, if you're going to try to disrupt things, people are going to get pissed off. 
like we've got a company now, costplusdrugs.com, and we're just just disrupting the pharmaceutical industry. We're selling drugs at our cost plus 15%, and we'll show you our price. We'll show you the markup. Then it's $3 handling fee, $5 for shipping, and that's it. And so we're saving people. Like if, if you go on Twitter and search for cost plus drugs, you're going to see we're saving people hundreds, thousands you know, of dollars a week or a month or a year on their drugs. And that pisses off a lot of people in the <laughs> pharmaceutical industry. They're not that happy. is a big thing that is going on. I, I, I can't even believe that we just glanced over this. You doing that is like a really big shift for the world, right? Is that not? It's just the United States, yeah, because all the, the, the medications are priced differently in different countries. But in the United States, it's just a mess. Just a mess. I, I mean, it is going to like... A lot of what happens in the United States affects the rest of the world in general, too, yeah, right? So that's true. And so, you know, if we can, you know, it's so fucked up in the U.S. sometimes. Like, people have to make a choice between their rent, food, food for their kids, and paying for their medication. They have to ration their medication. And so I was like, you know, I, and I uh, connected with a guy, Dr. Ashmayansky, Alex, and we were like, look, you know, there's got to be a way by being transparent we can make people trust us and feel confident and sell at a much better price. And we launched um, January 19th of 2022. And I mean, now I don't even know how big we are because we're adding five to 10,000 customers every single day. Um, and it's just been insane. And it's pissed off a lot of people. But, but that's like uh, what I like to do. Like back in the day when we started streaming, I remember I'd go places and they'd be like, you fucking moron, why would I go? <laughs> through all this hassle, because back then there were, you know, laptops were huge. There were no self, there was no iPhone or anything like it. That was 10 years away um, at least. And they're like, dude, I'll just turn on the TV. I'm not going to go through all this hassle to stream. Dude, I have a radio. It's in my car. I don't need what you're doing. <laughs> you know, now that all seems insane. But any, any time you disrupt something, a lot of people are going to be pissed. A lot of people are going to think you're crazy. And a lot of people are going to think you're an idiot. In the UK, we obviously have our free healthcare. So yeah. the idea of expensive medication and expensive operations in hospitals, it's kind of foreign to us over here. Um, what? Yep. So in America, it's kind of, everyone kind of thinks, if you hurt yourself, you're going to be spending a lot of money. Why, like, why is it like that? And I don't know. I don't know if you're the right person to ask this. Yeah, but, I mean, um, but you're obviously trying to lower the costs of of um, me uh, medication, which is a first step forward. Do you think you can also take that towards hospital? That's yeah, that's the hope at some point. Once we, you know, what, if we continue to do well with this, hopefully we can extend it into other things. But like mm -hmm. in the UK, you know, they're not against socialized medicine where everybody shares everything, right? Pay a little bit more in taxes everybody gets sick at some point or somebody in their family gets sick at some point, it all balances out in the end. But even in the UK, what you are allowed, the type of operations you can get and how much they'll cost and whether the NHS has got enough money and how much more will taxes go up to pay for it, you know, those are all still get argued about. In the US, everybody says, we won't do socialism no matter what. You know, that's just who we are as a country. And so it's got to be up to private business to figure it out. Well, private business, you know, for the most part, until companies like us come in, they're just trying to make as much money as possible. They're not trying to say, how can we serve the most number of people at the cheapest price? It's the exact opposite. And so all these games get played where you charge like, you know, you charge the government a thousand 
and then they charge the insurance company, you know, the providers, the hospitals, whatever, charge the insurance companies 999 so they can say they gave them a discount. And if you just walk in and pay cash, it's 500. It's so distorted and so whack that um, it's going to be hard to fix it. But you know, that's, those are the types of things. That's what created the opportunity for costplusdrugs.com, and hopefully we'll be able to do more things. Hmm. Well, there's one thing I want to say about UK healthcare is from my experience, it's horrible because whenever I was recently, like a few months ago, visiting my George and I, I went there and I got a double ear infection and I had to go to like a, to a clinic, like seven different times. They just could not prescribe me the correct medicine. And so now from now on, I think, wow, it's free, but it really sucks. Like, <laughs> like I don't yeah, we're not going to throw George under the bus on that one because he could just be <laughs> right, just the wrong place and you know whatever. But yeah, and that's that's what people here will tell you. Like you can choose who where you want to go to. So if George, if that happened to Sap here, you know he could pick which hospital he wanted to go to if he could afford it or his insurance covered it. And so right. they kind of tell you where you have to go and the steps you have to take. You don't have as much choice. Where where do you see like cost plus like being? from like five years from now? Like, how do you see it expanding? We want to be the low cost provider for every single medication, period, end of story. That is and, amazing. Yeah, so, we, you know, we'll do it at cost plus 15%. If we make money, maybe we can lower that. Maybe with inflation, it goes up a little bit, but whatever it is, you're going to see why and why we're charging what we're charging and what our costs are. That's I, I, I feel like the coolest part about it is what you were saying with the transparency thing. I think that it does play a massive factor where you're like, yeah, we have to make money, obviously but it's a much smaller percentage than. Yeah. And, and, you know, people like all the reasons we were just talking about, people don't trust healthcare in this country. They just don't. Right. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting charged. You go, if, you know, uh, if SAP goes to a hospital in the U S he doesn't know what it's going to cost. You know, no idea what they're going to charge you. And if you go seven visits, they're probably going to charge you seven times. And <laughs> because of all that uncertainty, that scares people. So we're trying to, through transparency to bring some certainty to what we do. What would you say, just off the top of your head, if you have one, what is the largest discrepancy between a medicine that's provided on your website compared to everywhere else? Like there's a chemotherapy um, medicine called Gleevec. And there's a generic, and Gleevec costs like $35,000. Um, and I think if I remember right, um, we have it right on our homepage um, at costplusdrugs.com if you want to check. And then there's a generic version which can cost anywhere, if you get a discount coupon, it could be 130 to $140 um, or even to $400, depending on where you have the coupon. And with us, depending on the version, the strength and anywhere, it could be $24 or $25 or $34. Wow. I, mean, so, I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. And what happens is like you're sick, right? You get a prescription of antibiotics because you had this infection and you don't know what the right price is and your ears hurt, right? You just want to get rid of this infection and you're not shopping or doing this or that. You're just like, give me the prescription, yeah. send it to the closest pharmacy, let me get this shit, right? And mm -hmm. as a result, you know, they know that. The pharmacies and, and these things called pharmacy benefit managers know that's an issue, um, an opportunity for them. And so they just set the price. It could be $900 and worse. There's literally been drugs where that someone's been charged $900 and we charge $16, you know, or someone gets charged 30 and we charge 18 cents. So like you guys don't have this issue, but you know, guys get older and they want generic Cialis, generic Viagra. And you know, it might cost $20 um, for the regular um, 
five dollar three to five dollars for a pill for um, the generic and we sell it you know you can buy 90 of them for eight dollars and forty cents I mean it's just people don't pay attention to pricing and the industry knows that and so we're getting the word out that you know if you have to take medications go to costplusdrugs.com we might not have all of them yet but we're getting there and it could be for your parents it could be for your grandparents your aunt your uncle whatever it may be you know it's you always want to check and even if you have insurance if you've got a copay at all, chances are we're cheaper than your copay. That's I, I feel like that's so cool because I feel like when people are like sick, like like you were talking about like chemotherapy treatments. I've I've definitely like like my grandma just recently had cancer, and I feel like that's such a stressful time in people's lives. And then on top of that, the cost of it all is like it just it feels like almost ridiculous, like just so over the top. So yeah, that, we, that is a really cool well, thing. It's insane. it's insane, but they they. Some companies will charge as much as they can get and we'll charge as little as we can afford. And so have your grandmother, have your, her doctor, whoever, um, your parents, check um, check costplusdrugs.com and maybe one of her drugs, we offer it. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much all we have for you today, Mark. I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. And if, there, if there's anything you want to shout out, any of oh, your new businesses. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to check out any of my Shark Tank businesses, more about Cost Plus Drugs. Um, obviously, go to costplusdrugs.com, but all my businesses are listed at markcuban.com. And so you can check out all of them, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Including dude wipes. Including my guys. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. I really appreciate it, dude. Fun, guys. I really appreciate it. Carl, get back to doing push-ups. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Sounds good. laughs>